Hello, and welcome to Fraud Talk, the ACFE's monthly podcast. I'm Sarah Hoffman, the Public Information Officer for the ACFE, and today I'm joined by Jacqueline Bloink and Jerry Rowe, two healthcare fraud experts. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jacqueline and Jerry. Since both of you are healthcare fraud experts, how did you guys meet each other initially? Well, Sarah, Jacqueline and I met a few years ago um, as we were both uh, colleagues at the same post-secondary institution um, where we both taught billing and coding, and we were at a graduation ceremony, and during that, they had a, a luncheon for the educators, and Jacqueline and I both received teacher awards, and we happened to be sitting next to each other, and we were kind of really surprised that we were getting awards, and we started talking, and um, we found that we both had a passion for drug prevention, and um, I'll let Jackie tell you the rest. So we really did click at that educational award ceremony and uh, started talking about healthcare, healthcare fraud, how we could continue our efforts in that area. And uh, as a result, we both attended a, an Alabama State University postgraduate program uh, to obtain our registered health information management administration, which is called uh, RHIA from AHIMA. So we did that and then we went on to uh, get our CFE credentials and and we both consult, but we have our own companies. But she's in Florida, I'm in California. But we complement each other. We refer each other for various aspects uh, on different jobs. And um, she was really uh, good at coding and, and billing audits. And, and I do some of that as well. But I also focus on compliance and education for providers. So uh, we've remained friends and uh, traveled together on joint business. Uh, adventures and just great. It's, it's a wonderful working and fun professional relationship. Jerry, can you explain to me what the difference between healthcare fraud and financial fraud is? While both healthcare fraud and financial fraud involve deception for personal gain, financial fraud is generally through specific financial transactions, where healthcare fraud involves more than just the financial transactions. With healthcare fraud, which is generally perpetrated against the government and private insurance payers, there's a certain amount of medical knowledge that you have to have to succeed. Um, remember I spoke about teaching, billing, coding, and fraud? Well, healthcare fraud wraps itself around reimbursement and coding for the services that may or may not be provided. Since insurance companies, whether Medicare or private insurance, pay providers on these medical codes, these are what they use as the basis for fraudster schemes. Having knowledge of patients' diagnosis and procedures used to treat them is essential for the fraud investigator in discovering these schemes. So I'll give you just a short example of a recent fraud case. Um, one Texas physician was just sentenced um, last month to 35 years in prison. He had his staff recruit patients, some of them at homeless shelters, give them $50 as incentive, and then bills for home health services that were never rendered. The sad part is that the nurses they sent to recruit these homeless individuals, they didn't give them any medical care. I mean, who knows how sick they actually were, what that small medical intervention could have done to keep them healthier or save lives. And so there's that, that human health condition component to healthcare fraud that uh, financial fraud doesn't have. Yeah, I, I think I saw that story in the news, and it is 
it seems upsetting that they they had the opportunity to even help a little bit, but it seemed like defrauding the government was more important. Right, to the tune of uh, almost $400 million. So Jacqueline, how much money is involved in healthcare fraud? What what types of numbers are we looking at? That's a lot. That's about $1.17 trillion of our budget um, that goes towards healthcare services. We have different uh, healthcare strike forces. Um, as, as of May, just of this year, 2017, the strike force has uh, caught uh, 1,800 um, criminals. There's been over 2,000, almost 2,300 actually, indictments and recouped already just since um, January through May, $2.5 billion in fraud. And, and again, just since May, so they're really working on it. Uh, the Department of Justice has actually linked uh, a dollar amount for what they call return on investment Dating for every dollar spent to fight fraud, $5 is recouped, which is very good. I've actually done some studies on my own, and if you look at Medicaid in different states, for example, Utah is one of my favorite because it's a small state, uh, some of the return on investment is as high as 400% of the resources that they put into fighting fraud and what they recoup. So it's, it's a big, big deal and, and big magnitude. Who regulates the healthcare industry in particular? Now, to regulate all of this, there are many government agencies that work together to limit or to catch healthcare fraud, as Jacqueline was saying. So some of the agencies are the Deputy Attorney General, the Department of Health and Human Services, the Department of Justice, FBI, Office of Inspector General, and then we have the state units, which are the state Medicaid fraud control units and the different um, strike force teams. And so they all work together to do their best, but there's still so much more to be done. Can you guys talk about some of the most common fraud schemes that you see in healthcare? Regarding different schemes, it's interesting. Uh, the Government Accountability Office uh, gave a report in 2016 to Congress. And what they did is they took 739 cases that they analyzed in two from 2010. Out of those, they looked at them, and about 68% of the cases had more than one scheme, with 61% uh, had two to four schemes, and 7% included five or more schemes. The most common healthcare fraud scheme uh, was related, again, to fraudulent billing, which is what we also saw in our report to the nation. Uh, in, in our own report that ACFD did, it was related to healthcare fraud to billing. So billing specifically such uh, as that were never rendered or billing for services that were not medically necessary um, were about 25%. Other schemes were falsifying records to support and uh, paying for kickbacks to participants as well. You mentioned with healthcare fraud that sometimes, especially if it's a billing scheme, I imagine that it would be nurses or uh, medical assistants get involved and doctors are probably in on it. Who tend to be the most common cast of characters in these healthcare fraud schemes? So physicians, providers, because they're the ones that have to actually sign the CMS 1500 or the UB forms. Uh, so there's signatures on it. 
um, providers, nurses, chiropractors, MDs, DOs, physical therapists, managers. Uh, recently in Detroit, there was a biller that actually went to jail. So uh, billers, uh, office managers, um, they're in the position of also embezzlement. Pharmacists, uh, in that recent takedown, uh, this year there was a lot of pharmacists that actually were caught. And that goes back to the controlled substances. And you mentioned with the controlled substances when you were talking about opioids earlier, that opioids tend, I mean, it's a huge issue in the U.S. right now, but you started talking about how healthcare fraud is also an international issue. Can you talk a little bit more about that? When we were in Nashville, it was very interesting. We had um, several attendees that uh, came to our discussion, um, our event, and, and they were, one was from Germany, and I think another was from France. And we had a great conversation of, here in the United States, our, how we pay is called fee-for-service normally. There's other different payment models, but it's fee-for-service. In other countries, it's a different, uh, more socialized medicine, but they also have fraud. And what I find interesting is um, in this new community that, that we're working on with ACFE, that a lot of the people that are interested are international from other countries. So it, it is a global and I think it's not only um, because of the narcotics, but also uh, even though it's socialized medicine, there's ways to scan that and uh, for providers to exploit it. And, and that's what's happening. You mentioned how a little bit about a new community. And are CFEs interested in this topic from your conversations? Oh yes, yes, yes. So. Well, we were surprised when we were in Nashville and, and we presented and we had a lot of people that attended and then our session was towards the end of the day. So we had probably like 10 to 20 people stay afterwards to talk and to network, which was just wonderful. And out of that, uh, we, we went back and we started talking with ACFE and Courtney regarding starting a healthcare fraud forum. So I believe it was early, wasn't it? Early July, Jerry? Yes, I believe so. That we, um, right as soon as we got back from Nashville, Nashville, we saw that interest and we kind of jumped on it. Right. So we put a thread uh, in the community, general community forum, asking those that were interested to please reply. And even this morning, I've not replied. There was two more this morning. But within a month, we had close to 200. I know it's over 200 now of people that said, yes, we're interested, we want to participate, and some great questions. So uh, we're working with Courtney now to come up with some core participants that will then come up with good discussions uh, that we can have in our new healthcare fraud forum. Awesome. That's really excellent. I know that CFEs like to get involved, and that's why we're so excited to have experts like you two on board and really spearheading this type of campaign. Thank you guys for being here. You can learn more about healthcare fraud in the newest ACFE community set up by Jacqueline and Jerry. Thank you both for joining us today and thank you for listening. You can find this episode and more episodes of Fraud Talk in the iTunes store and at acfe.com slash podcast. This has been Sarah Hoffman signing off.